0: Well, thank you. It is so good to be here. I love getting to come here to Madison Church so much that I almost forgot when we started exchange. So, (laughs) No, but I, I love the chance to come and to get to reconnect with people that I've already met. And I really like meeting new people. I like getting to know people and I think the best way to get to know people is through icebreakers. Is everybody excited about icebreakers today? It's, it's so that you can get to be besties with everybody within five minutes. And it always works. That's why everybody does it. So I know some of you are panicking. And I'm sorry because I'm just kidding. We're not going to do icebreakers. I hate those things. So I won't torture any of you. But <laughs> but I did want to give Stephen a little panic attack for just a minute. <laughs> so uh, my work here is done. <laughs> no, I, I really do love to get to know people, though. Um, but I like to get to know them better than just, like, who is best at mooing the loudest and who is little more reserved and they're moving to find each other. You know what I'm saying? And those, those, those things get out of control. I think a better way that I've found is to have actual conversations with people. And one of the things that I really like to ask people is if you could do anything in the whole world, absolutely anything, what would you do? I think, you know, it excludes like, I would win the lottery right? Who doesn't want to win? Who doesn't want free money, right? But I'm talking about like, what would you do if you could do anything and not fail? You were guaranteed not to fail. I think that's a really great way to learn about somebody, right? What would you, what would you dream about? What do you dream about? What do you wish that you could do? So I'm going to ask you guys that question. Um, What would you do if you could do absolutely anything in the whole world? So go ahead. Anybody feel brave enough to shout out an answer? That's almost like an icebreaker, but not quite, right? (laughs) It's okay if you're shy, but if anybody's brave, you would feed all the children. That would be phenomenal. There are a lot of, that's a lot, that's a big need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're watching online, you can go ahead and leave a comment. And maybe Stephen will get back to you. I'm not really sure. I can't guarantee it, but I think he will. (laughs) But even if you didn't say it out loud, just be thinking about in your head as we're talking today, what would you do if nothing was stopping you? Yes. Make sure nobody was homeless. Homelessness is a, especially with the housing crisis we're having right now, right? That's huge. It's huge. Affordable housing is tough to come by. And, And that's... That's a, that would be a great goal. I like that. So the next thing I would do if I were having a conversation with people in a smaller group, you know, I'm not going to ask you to yell this one out loud cause Stephen will die, but, <laughs> but what would you, what, what is it that's stopping you from accomplishing that? What, what is that check that keeps you from moving forward? What's holding you back? I think most people, they would say, I don't have time. I don't have the money, right? To feed all of the children in the world is, (laughs) who has that kind of money, right? Homelessness, the affordable housing isn't even an option for most people. So how do we solve that? I don't have time for that. I don't have the money for that. I don't have the right connections. I don't know the right people. I don't even know where to begin. How do I start? You can't just blindly go into something like that, right? There can be a lot of reasons why we don't try to do what we really want to do. There can be a lot of reasons why we don't try to make true what we wish was true. And we can even convince ourselves that the dream that we're dreaming is impossible. It seems too big. We fear the unknown. We fear taking a risk. We might hurt our loved ones if we, if we put ourselves out like that. We fear that maybe we're longing for a life that we weren't meant to live. I was just meant to be this quiet little person in Green Bay. Maybe I should just stay there and do what I can in my family or by myself. Maybe I wasn't meant to try to solve homelessness. Maybe I wasn't, try- I wasn't meant to try to solve food shortages for children. But maybe I was right? So let's talk a little bit about that today. Um, We're going to continue in the series, like Stephen said, the lake effect that you guys have been in, um, knowing that much of Jesus's ministry took place on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And in this series, you've been talking about several encounters that Jesus had with followers, and we want to learn what we can do to follow Jesus better through those interactions. So if you have a Bible, there's one next to you if you didn't bring one, or you can use your your phone app. Um, And if you're on Facebook, I just ask that you turn the volume down so when the cat videos come up, we don't hear it, and I can pretend you're just looking at your Bible app. But we're going to go ahead and turn to Matthew 14, and we're going to look at verses 22 through 33. So Matthew 14, 22 through 33. It says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. It was probably stormy like last night. (laughs) But when he saw the wind he was afraid and he began sink began to sink and cried out lord save me immediately jesus reached out his hand and caught him you have little faith he said why did you doubt and then and when they climbed into the boat the wind died down then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying truly you are the son of god so jesus walks on water that's one of those famous stories in the Bible, right? Everybody knows that. Most people know that. Many people who haven't even ever picked up a Bible would be able to say, yeah, I heard that time Jesus walked on water, blah, 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 right? (laughs) But there's a detail in this story that I want to focus on, something that's sometimes missed. It's easy to hear this encounter and think about Peter getting out of the boat as something Jesus told him to do, right? But walking on the water was something Peter wanted to do, It's right there. If you look in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter's adventure on the water started when he saw Jesus doing it and he decided it was what he wanted to do. He wanted to be like Jesus. He wanted to go to the Lord. If that's you, let me come walk on the water too. So let's go back to that question again. What would you do if you could do absolutely anything in the world? What would you attempt if you knew that you couldn't fail? I believe most of us want to make a difference in the world. I believe there are people here today who dream of using their gifts and their talents to fill a bigger purpose than just for themselves. I believe there are people here today who really want to be the kind of mom, dad, spouse, significant other, coworker, friend, neighbor, the kind of person that's a source of strength and encouragement to those around them. I believe there are people here today who'd love to invest themselves in an idea that could better the community or better the entire world. But whatever it is that we want to do or that we wish were true, unfortunately, most often, we're not taking any real steps towards that goal in that direction. So let me tell you about what I've found to be true in my own experience. I mean, yeah, time, money, knowing what to do, all of that might be in the way. But if we dig deeper underneath that, do you know what really keeps me, and I think most people that I know anyway, <laughs> from attempting what we most want to do is fear. Fear that it's going to be too hard We fear that if we go for it, everything is going to just fall apart, that we're going to make a fool out of ourselves, that it's impossible, that people will make fun of us. We're afraid. And it's not just fear because fear is part of it. It's a a real part of it, but it's not having a way to overcome that fear. How do we get past that fear? In this Jesus encounter, there are 12 guys in the boat, 12 of them but only one who water walked with Jesus one of 12 the difference between peter and the other 11 wasn't fear they were all afraid it said they were all terrified the difference between the one water walker and the 11 water walker wannabes try to say that 5 times fast <laughs> it was faith faith to move past the fear wouldn't you like to have faith to move past whatever fear is holding you back, whatever thing is tripping you up? So let's look even deeper into, to see how Peter did it. How did he do it? Look where Peter's water walking started. It started in the face of fear. The first thing he did was to say out loud that he wanted to do it. Saying it out loud is often the beginning of the step of faith. It takes courage to say things out loud, doesn't it? I mean, how many of you wanted to shout out your biggest dream, right? Something you hold dear, something you've thought about probably a long time, something that you're passionate about, and yet it's hard to just say it out loud, but it's important. It can be risky. If you say it out loud, somebody might ask you about your progress. How are you doing with that? Somebody might notice if you fail. If they don't know your goal, they don't know that you failed. <laughs> but once they know, they might, they might know you fail. Someone might laugh at you. Someone might confirm your fears. Or worse, they'll contribute to your fears and tell you all the things you didn't think about. <laughs> now you can worry about those too. But think about how many great accomplishments in history had their beginning when somebody took a risk and said it out loud. John F. Kennedy said, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out, this was 1961, of landing a man on the moon and returning him to safe returning him safely to the Earth. In 1987, Ronald Reagan stood at the Berlin Wall, in, which was the physical symbol of communism at the time, and challenged Gorbachev to tear down this wall. And in 1964, Two years into what would become 27 years in prison, Nelson Mandela stood in a courtroom and he said, I have dedicated my life to the struggle of the African people. I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons will live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. Courageous words spoken by people who have helped to change the world. But don't misunderstand this. When they spoke those, there was no guarantee. They had no idea how history would look back on what they had to say. It took courage for them to say that out loud. The same kind of courage it takes for you and for me to speak our dreams and our desires. So let me ask you, when it comes to what you really want to do or what you really wish was true, have you said it out loud yet? Have you ever told anybody that this is what you want to do? We can see in verse 28, that's where Peter's faith started. He said out loud what he wanted to do. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. So let me encourage you to do the same. Find someone you trust and say it out loud. Don't put any qualifiers, disclaimers, excuses. Don't do that. Just say it. When you say it out loud, faith can begin to grow in you. Saying it out loud is an act of faith. Not saying what you want is a way of playing it safe. Saying it out loud can be really powerful because when we say it out loud, we give God the chance to say uh, what Peter heard Jesus say, come. We give God the chance to say, go for it. Let's do this. We might hear him say that through a friend, We might hear him say it through circumstances that arise in our life that all of a sudden things start lining up and making things possible that we never saw before. Maybe we hear him say it through a talk at church about somebody babbling about walking on water. We never know. Maybe we never hear God say, go for it, because we never say out loud what we want him to empower us to do. So say it out loud. A deeper faith starts there. After Peter says, I want to do this, and Jesus says, Come on, let's go. Peter does the next thing and he gets out of the boat. When it comes to faith, there are two kinds of people, right? There are water walkers and there are boat people. And even though I did this, I wasn't calling each side that, just saying. (laughs) Boat people say, I don't know, I've tried that before, it didn't work. Boat people say, I'd like to, but I just don't have the time. I'm really busy. Boat people say, I've done that before, or it probably won't work anyway. Boat people aren't going anywhere. Boat people aren't going to do anything. And it's not because they don't want to. It's because they won't get out of the boat. But water walkers, water walkers get out of the boat. I heard this story about Max Lucado. He's a pastor and author who has impacted a bajillion people all over the world. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, you know, there's still time. <laughs> but before all of that, he was far from God. And he tells a story about when he was in high school and he was working a summer job in the oil fields of Texas. And he was just immersed in that culture. And all of that comes with that. Um, he encountered. A water walker during lunch one day, one of his bosses kind of stumbled over to the group and, you know, he said, I, I have talked to you guys. And Max later describes what happened in a letter that he wrote to this unnamed boss. And he said, You were nervous. You shifted your weight from one leg to the other as you began to speak. Uh, fellows, you started. We turned and looked up at you. I just wanted to tell you that uh our church is having a service tonight and uh I wanted to invite any of you to come along. Well, that's it. Um, If any of you want to go, let me know. After you turned and left, we turned and laughed. After you turned and left, we turned and laughed. There we go. You became the butt of the day's jokes. I'm sure you knew that. I'm sure you went back to your truck knowing the only good you'd done was make a fool out of yourself. If that's what you thought, you were wrong. I want you to know that at least one of the seeds fell into a fertile crevice. Some five years later, I was a college sophomore, struggling with a decision, drifted from the faith. I wanted to come back, but the price was high. My habits would have to change. My reputation would have to be overcome. I thought of how your love for God had been greater than your love for your reputation. I thought of how your obedience had been greater than your common sense. I remembered how you had cared more about making disciples than making a good first impression. And when I thought of you, your memory became my motivation, so I came home. What you did that day wasn't much, and I'm sure you walked away that day thinking that your efforts had been wasted. They weren't. So I'm writing to say thanks. Thanks for the example. Thanks for the courage. Gratefully, Max so max's boss wanted his life to be about helping people find their way back to Jesus similar to madison church right you want to connect people with god and each other <laughs> but no that that seriously though you that's what you, that's what the whole point of madison church right to connect people with god and each other and that's similar right and it's hard it can be embarrassing people might laugh at you they may mock you and this guy, even though he stuttered and he stumbled, he didn't know at the time the impact that he was making water walking. So, you guys don't just sit there and wish. Do something. Doing something isn't always about accomplishing something. And that's hard for somebody with my personality type to recognize sometimes. So I'm I'm talking to myself here too. Doing something isn't always about accomplishing something. It's about acting first so that faith can follow. It's about getting out of the boat. So back to Peter. Peter gets out of the boat and he's here he's out here on the water and he's doing something that reflects the greatness of God, but then look what happens in verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Peter just started to sink like a rock, like you would expect. Fear creeps back in and he cries out, Lord, save me. Those words, Lord, save me, imply that when when he starts to sink, he knew he couldn't save himself. His fears are becoming a reality and he is drowning in his own failure. Understand that when it comes to moving in the direction of our dreams and our our deepest desires we have to be willing to fail yikes <laughs> we have to be willing to fail many of us want to have a safe faith we want it to be safe and we want to step out in faith but first we want to make sure that it's safe to do so everybody everybody agrees with me right you want a safe step with the lord but there is no such thing as safe faith Because if I have a faith that's safe, then what I have isn't really faith. Safe faith is kind of a contradiction in terms because faith is risky. Faith is precarious. Faith is exactly what we need when it's not safe. Faith will never make us safe from failure. Water walkers know that walking on water also comes with times when we will sink beneath the waves. You can't walk on water if you're not willing to fail. If your dream is to rebuild strained relationships, then you have to expect that there will be skepticism, that there will be resistance, there will be pushback. No one's going to applaud you for reaching out over a broken relationship five years ago. If you have an idea inside that you could change the lives of other people, you have to expect other people to be less than enthusiastic about it. Expect some doubt expect to embarrass yourself a time or two. It just happens. When I very first started in ministry, I had somebody very wise tell me, you will make a fool out of yourself. Just make sure you're making a fool out of yourself for Jesus. Okay. (laughs) That was really good advice because then every time I made a fool of myself, I could be like, well, at least I tried for Jesus. (laughs) And it was a little bit easier to dust myself off and try to not make as big of a fool of myself the next time. If you're starting a new career, you have to expect roadblocks, right? Some rejection is going to happen. There's going to be twists and turns you didn't expect, things you hadn't anticipated. Helen Keller once said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. And if you're a word nerd like me, you might want to look up the word adventure, and you'll find that it's defined as an undertaking usually involving danger and unknown risks, If there's no risk, you can fail. There is no adventure. And if life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all, guess what? (laughs) Guess what? Peter's walk on the water involved danger and unknown risks, but it was a risk he was willing to take because of who he was walking towards. When Peter failed, Jesus didn't just let him sink to the bottom. Verse 31 says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And now hear me on this, because this is important. This may be the one thing that God wants you to hear today. In those moments when you're overwhelmed, when fear is huge, in those moments when you feel like you're sinking failure, Jesus promises to reach out to you and never let you go. The only guarantee God gives us in this life is is the only guarantee we need. I will never abandon you. I will never leave you alone. Water walkers stay focused on that. They center their lives around Jesus. They build their lives around God as the only person who is able to reliably say, I will never leave you. Water walkers get out of the boat and they risk it all because they know Jesus will never let them go. So yes, Peter got out of the boat. And yes, at one point it seemed like a really bad idea. He tried, and he failed. But think about the other 11 who never got out of the boat. They were never able to say, hey, remember that time I walked on water? I imagine that was one of Peter's favorite stories to tell later. Hey, remember that time I got out of the boat and I walked on water? It was awesome. I mean, I I started sinking for a little minute, but Jesus, he got me. (laughs) I bet he loves telling that story still. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend my life in the boat. I know that one day all of this is going to be over, and how I lived this life, I'm going to be responsible for. I'm going to stand before God and look back, and he's going to say, I gave you one life. What'd you do? And I want to look back and see a a daring adventure. Don't you? We can find the faith and the courage to get out of the boat, because this is what I know to be true. On that day, when I stand before God, Jesus will do for me what he did for Peter. And he's going to reach out and take my hand and never let go. Every Jesus follower can know that that's what's coming for them. No matter how much we risk, no matter how much we fail. So until that day, let's remember that life is a daring adventure or it's nothing at all. Let's get out of the boat. Let's take some risks. Let's have some stories that we can tell. And Let's all be encouraged.